from AATH, the Association for Applied and Therapeutic Humor. This is LaughBox, a podcast for laughter and humor professionals. Here's your host, Chip Lutz. Here it is, time for Laugh Box, my favorite time of the week, and perhaps yours too. For those of you who don't know, I have two podcasts. I have this one that I do for AATH, and I also have my own called Leadership Happy Hour. And once in a while, I get to talk to a guest that spans both worlds, and that is today's guest, Michelle Molitor. Uh, we talk about the rapid rewire of your brain. I, I messed that up saying it within our interview a couple times, so I had to practice it. Um, fascinating conversation about sometimes how we hold ourselves back, some of the self-limiting beliefs we might have. I know you're going to get a lot of the conversation, so I want you to really enjoy it. Also, a quick reminder that um, April is Humor Month. I would love to know what you're doing to celebrate Humor Month. If you got something you're doing, email me at chip at unconventional leader, and I might just share it on the show. So, let's look, let's take a listen to Michelle. Well, hello, friends, and welcome to Leadership Happy Hour. This is Chip Lutz, the unconventional leader. And today, I get to talk to Michelle Molitar. I'm pretty excited because, you know, she's a like-minded person. She kind of looks at uh, leadership a little differently than most people like I do. And uh, we're going to be talking about some pretty cool subjects. Um, so welcome, Michelle, to Leadership Happy Hour. Hey, thanks, Chip. I'm so happy to be here. Oh, the pleasure is absolutely all mine. Now, for my listeners, if you give them like the, the, the hot skinny on who Michelle is. Who Michelle is. I am a passionate human being that loves helping others um, reclaim their confidence, um, find their voice, and step more powerfully into their work in the world. And what that looks like is I'm an executive confidence coach and rapid rewire expert. So I, uh, I mess with your mind to help you get rid of um, disempowering beliefs, negative thoughts that you might have been carrying around in your trunk for a little while that you want to get rid of that are holding you back and keeping you from being the amazing leader, um, person, mom, dad, brother, sister, individual contributor that you could possibly be and have a more joyful life because you know it's all about doing what you love and loving what you do and hopefully you get paid well to do it so that is so true so true i think about my dad who spent 42 years working a steel mill hated every day of it mm -hmm. um and i was just like oh. you know but he had you know he had six kids i mean for his generation that was just part of life you know yep. work wasn't work wasn't about enjoyment it's just what you did to provide, you know, yep. so uh, I, I think in some ways we've evolved as a society. Yeah, I think we're really blessed to be able to live in a world now that um, we really can think outside of the box and do things unconventionally, right? You know, yeah. I, I have to laugh when you see these literally god bless them these kids on instagram and facebook and whatnot and they do crazy you know shit around the world i'm gonna do splits in different places of the world and then they show their pictures on instagram and then they get paid well to do it i'm like okay i, I missed my talent mark there apparently but you know <laughs> whatever works <laughs> awesome right yeah absolutely absolutely yeah it's amazing to me too now i want to get into the whole you know, kind of like your journey into what you're doing now and the whole rapid rewiring, you know, thing, because it's very interesting to me. But before we get into that, I'm just going to get, uh, just ask a random question just to get our conversation going. So, Michelle, if you could go back in time, a time machine, to any year in your life and relive it, either change something or relive it because it was so awesome, what year would you go back to? Wow. <clears throat> The year I would go back to, that's a great question, by the way. The year I would go back to um, would probably be like 1987. Yeah. 1987, I had um, graduated from the University of Florida, Go Gators, and um, proceeded <laughs> to announce to my family, they're like, so do you have a job? I'm like, yes. 
As a matter of fact, I do. I'm leaving in 30 days. I'm going back to France and I'm going to be an au pair. And um, so I moved to France and um, yeah, I guess it was 87 or 88. No, it was 88 actually, excuse me. So in 1988 to 89, I lived in France and um, did some au pair work. I did some work for a couple different um, publications and magazines in Paris, um, doing graphic design and production work and International Herald Tribune. That was really fun. And if I could go back then as the me that I am now, ooh, boy, would I be having a good time. <laughs> yeah. That's the key. That's the, that's the operating variable right there, isn't it? Go back, but know what I know now. <laughs> yes. Wiser, more mature, a lot more savvy with a lot more chutzpah. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't want to go back as, you know, that person. I want to go back knowing all this. And, you know, preferably I would think making a little bit more money that I, like I make now than when I, when I was, when I was 18. Yeah. So. Oh God. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Working. Working under the table, um, yeah, it doesn't pay very well. <laughs> yeah, but what a fantastic experience for you. I mean, being young and living in a foreign country, getting to be able to experience something a little bit different, that's something a lot of people don't get to do. I mean, that had to like expand your horizon so much. Oh, absolutely. I was really, really blessed to be able to do that. I had um, studied in Paris while I was in school and then decided to go back because it just um, – it's my family heritage. My last name is in French. It's Molitor. It's um, and so you'll find the name Molitor all over Paris, if you will. Um, and it just felt like home. It really, really did. And um, I have some wonderful friends from there. And just you know, at that point, I was like 21, 22 years old, and wide-eyed and naive, and didn't know much about the ways of the world but um it was it was a lot of fun and um in my own innocent way <laughs> yeah absolutely that's awesome that is cool now let's uh transition a bit you know because you know what you're doing now is a huge leap from you know michelle back in 1988 so yeah how did that yeah how did you get into what you're doing now because you know what you're doing now is it, it's pretty cool work it is. It's fascinating. I love it. Um, I just, I absolutely love what I do, Chip, because every human being is different. They're all like little puzzle pieces. And how do we get rid of the puzzle pieces that no longer serve us and insert new things that are empowering? And um, let's see, if we rolled all the way back, I figured out I could draw when I was living in France. And so I ended up going back to art school and became a graphic designer um, which then led me to being a creative director in, in web development. Mm -hmm. And that's what moved me out here to the San Francisco Bay Area at the height of the dot-com boom in 2000. Hurry, we're going to IPO. It's going to be super exciting. I'm like, I got a golden ticket. I'm going to be a millionaire. Woo! <laughs> right? <clears throat> Literally, the week that I started was the week we were going to IPO, and that was the week the market crashed. Instead, uh -huh. don't! Right? <clears throat> But I kept going, and um, about nine months later, I essentially got bullied out of my job. Um, oh, wow. To the colleagues that I had hired um, really didn't like working for a woman, and they made it very, very apparent to me and um, did everything that could undermine me, and it just destroyed my confidence, and then I got, I got fired. And um, that just it shattered me. It really did. My confidence was gone. My self-esteem was in a puddle at my feet and I had no idea what to do. And my uncle, um, in all his wisdom here in the Bay area, he's like, you should hire a coach. I'm like, what? He's like, yeah, there's this thing called career coaches. I'm like, Oh, what? Okay, sure. So I found a coach, hired him. And in the process of being coached, my whole body was like, Oh, this is the work I'm meant to be doing. Mm -hmm. So I went on to get trained and certified um, as a coach through the Coaches Training Institute in a variety of different ways and started my own business and I've been doing it for the last 17 years. So it's uh, pretty cool stuff that I get to do and I've had the pleasure of working with amazing, brilliant, talented people from all over the planet um, and helping them you know, be better at what they are and who they are in the world. Isn't it neat how sometimes when... 
something happens in our life and it at the time it seems so tragic you know like getting fired and you know you you're kind of at a low but it is the catalyst for uh, or it changes the entire trajectory of you know what you're doing and you find like oh you know what this is really what I should have been doing all along I mean, yeah. I, just, I see that so many times with people that I work with that, you know, they have these things that they go through, but when you look back, you don't realize the things that you're, you're, you're doing and the things that happen to you lead you to where you are now. And yeah. you know, if, I, if one thing, the, yeah, if one thing hadn't happened, you wouldn't be, you know, at this place, you know, so. Absolutely. Absolutely. One of the, the wisest piece of uh, wisdom I got once was your greatest source of, of pain is your greatest source of power. Yeah. Right when you can take those really challenging, awful, horrible situations, and and use it as a way to, as you said, be a catalyst for <clears throat> your real work in the world, mm-hmm. that becomes the gift that you have to share with others, right? And that is what fuels your heart and your spirit and your soul, right? And mm-hmm. allows you to do what you love and love what you do, right? Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Well, that's that's that is a great uh, a great a great story. Uh, and one, I think that if nothing else, I mean, people should, you know, take, take to heart in that. So, you know, whatever you're going through, yeah, it's probably going to lead you to someplace better. Um, exactly. so let's, let's talk into our traverse into a little bit and rapid. We I got to say trying to get that out of my mouth here. I'm not even, you know, I'm drinking coffee, rapid rewiring. I can't, I, I need to, I mean, I should have had a drink. So you know, <laughs> what is, you know, uh, you know, what is that about? You give, well, t- if you can give me a high level and then we'll like maybe get down in the weeds a little bit. Yeah, absolutely. So as I said, I've been a coach for a really long time and I've, and I've done a whole lot of work on myself as one might imagine to get out of my own way so I can be the best coach that I can be. And there was always some little thing, some block that I, I knew was there, but I couldn't quite get out of my own way on it, no matter what I did or how I tried. And so a couple of years ago now, I discovered the work of Marissa Peer. She's a world-renowned therapist, Chip, and um, her work, um, Rapid Transformational Therapy, is a really unique blend that combines um, neuro-linguistic programming, cognitive behavioral therapy, and hypnosis, kind of wow. all up into one. And I did this work with, with Marissa and it was so profoundly transformative for me in my life in a matter of weeks, weeks, stuff I'd been literally trying to move out of my way for 15 plus years mm-hmm. was gone in a matter of weeks. And I was blown away by this. So when she started training people and her methodology, I was like, pick me. So I've gone on to become trained and certified as an advanced practitioner in the rapid transformational therapy modality and have combined it with my coaching because I, I know the power of coaching and I know the power of RTT as we call it for short. Mm -hmm. And so the two together is what I call the rapid rewiring process, right? We start with what is essentially a two hour hypnotherapy session. Mm -hmm. And then we follow that up with three um, one hour coaching sessions as a way to help people get at the subconscious beliefs that are holding them back, fears, um, anxieties, all sorts of negative things that they've been carrying around. They didn't even necessarily know that we're in there in your subconscious. Mm -hmm. And then the the coaching then helps them process that um, consciously and put new powerful strategies um, for success into place inside of a 30 day period. So it's um, much more rapid than traditional therapy or coaching. Uh Um, What, I could use previously what would be a six to a 12 month coaching engagement. And now I can do in 30 to 90 days. Well, two things that you just said there that resonated with me. One um, that you, you you said it several times, you had to get out of your own way. I mean, I can't think of how many times in my life I've been in my own way. I've been my own biggest barrier to my own success on moving forward, you know, professionally, but also personally in my personal mm-hmm. relationships. A uh, second thing that you uh, said in there is like on the, like the, the fast track with, you know, the way you, you know, you've combined all this where it's better than, you know, I wouldn't say better, but faster than traditional therapy that it's almost kind of like the, um, uh, 
like they, how people want things now. They they want to you know, kind of like hot now. They don't want to you know wait for two years to have seen some kind of change. They they want things to they, they want to see immediate changes. You know they're yeah. they're looking for ways to make a positive impact for themselves and in their lives. You know like not now, not tomorrow. So that's pretty cool that you're able to take all that and you know uh, put it together to to help people. Yeah, it's it's so. It's so rewarding, Chip. I can't even begin to tell you because I'm I'm a horribly impatient person. So like, <laughs> stronger. How do I get out of my own way faster? Right. And I, I can't even tell you how many different modalities and things that I've tried and things I've certified in and this, that, and the other thing. You know, all again to create who I am in this moment now. And it's a such a powerful way at getting at those limiting beliefs that are buried deep oftentimes in your subconscious. You don't even know they're there. You just know that something's not right. Right. right? And so this, um, this process, the rapid transformational therapy, it enables me to actually have a, essentially a conversation with your subconscious because your subconscious remembers everything that's ever happened to you. Uh -huh. So I can have a conversation we can get at the root cause of, um, a fear or an anxiety, emotional issue, or even a physical issue, um, and literally rewrite the script and rewire your brain with new thoughts and empowering beliefs. Because part of the the session, what I'm what I'm doing is I'm not I'm, I'm not only am I going in and having a chat with your subconscious and getting at that root cause, but then I'm taking everything that I've learned from the client through our dialogue and my intake forms and stuff is to then um, I create a customized recording for them called the transformation. And their homework is to listen to that recording every day for at least 21 days because wow. your brain likes repetition, right? So the more you think a thought, the more true it becomes for you. So if you keep telling yourself, Oh, I'm not good enough. I'm, I'm not worthy. I don't deserve this. I don't deserve success. Then your brain goes, Oh, okay. Right. But if you tell yourself, I am good enough, I'm powerful, I'm confident, I can achieve anything I choose, then your brain gets on board with that too. So the recording then um, lays down new tracks, if you will, new, literally new neural pathways in your brain that then become the new familiar um, versus the old familiar of not being good enough, not something. I was going to ask you, uh, yeah, it makes absolute sense. Because I was going to ask you because, I mean, you, old science would tell us that, you know, you know, you know, by a certain age, you had so many brain cells and, you know, you, you know, you were, you know, you are who you are. But new science tells us that, you know, we're making new um, neural pathways up until the day we die. I mean, yep. that, you know, constantly and that, you know, we can, we can create those new things. So I was, that's what I was uh, going to, you know, ask you is that, you know, if that was part of the whole process. Now, on the conversation with the subconscious, is that uh, done? Is that done? You know, during the whole hypnosis process. I mean, you know, because like you know, I would think that if you were having a conversation with me, then I would be kind of like in my own way and having a conversation with you. That it would have to be, it, it would have to be a little bit different than you in order to yes. really talk to the inside of my head. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> so, so to um, speak. <laughs> I, I, I do all my work virtually over Zoom, which enables me to work with folks all around the world. And it's, it's just a matter of listening to my voice, Chip. <laughs> and so I have a particular way that I, I hear, I hear, and I obey. <laughs> <laughs> I take you down a lovely set of stairs, and your eyes are getting heavy, droopy, drowsy. <laughs> <laughs> and essentially, by listening um, to my words, you're able to drop into a very relaxed alpha brainwave state. It's kind of that half awake, half asleep place that your mind goes to. Like, you know, when you first wake up in the morning, you're kind of still remembering your dreams, but you're kind of already thinking about your day. Mm -hmm. that's, that's the place I'm talking about. And okay. so your critical judging um, conscious mind takes a nap. And allows me to speak to your subconscious mind, which is always listening, no matter mm -hmm. whether you're awake or asleep. Okay. Right? And, and so as we turn the critical judging mind off, it's much easier for me to be able to access those subconscious thoughts. So um, I essentially ask you some questions and I, I take you into this really relaxed state 
that then enables us to ask your brain, what's at the root, the cause, the reason of this particular issue, right? And your, your subconscious, which remembers everything, will bubble up to the surface the information that you need to have, right? Mm -hmm. here's, here's several different memories um, around this particular topic. And then the, the client is then literally able to kind of connect the dots between the, the various scenes or events or memories that come up mm. and helps them understand, okay, I'm having this issue now and these memories came up. I can see how those events created this issue. So let me, let me give you an example. Um, I had one client that I worked with who had chronic migraines and she'd been having them her whole life. And in the regression piece and hypnosis, um, we went back to when she was like three years old. And her, unfortunately, her mother was an alcoholic and mm -hmm. had, a, had had another baby and basically put her as a three-year-old in charge of her, her little sister. Oh, my Lord. And, you know, three-year-olds can't take care of themselves, let alone another small human being. Right. And so this created great anxiety for her. And her body's way of being able to shut down was to get a migraine. Mm -hmm. Right. So then she could actually sleep because she became hypervigilant worrying about her sister. And so um, that became the well-worn track as a three-year-old. Right. Uh -huh. And that just becomes a familiar pattern. So your brain likes what's familiar and rejects what's unfamiliar. So that just happened to be what was familiar to her. Oh, I'm anxious. And when I'm anxious, oh, I get a migraine. Boom. Right. right? So this carried through her whole adult life and got worse actually after she had her own children. And so in doing this process with her, she was able to see and understand, Oh, I created that belief that I needed that to protect myself when I was three. I'm not three now. I'm 48. I can let go of that belief. And she rewrote it and the severity and frequency of her migraines went from a 10 down to about a two. So that's, that is fascinating. I mean, yeah. like I'm, I'm not unfamiliar with the whole mind body connection, you know, as far as like in overall health and overall, you know, how, you know, your attitude, you know, affects, you know, uh, your overall health and how things go. But I never really thought about it on kind of a sub level on mm -hmm. how, you know, some of the things maybe that we're not really thinking about really affect our overall, you know, in essence, you know, sometimes our overall health or our overall success. I mean, that's just really kind of a, a mind blowing thought for me right there. It, 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 well, it blows my mind every time I can tell you story after story after story. Right. And another client who came to me, she's like, you know, I'd really like to grow my business. I keep getting, I get to this hundred thousand dollar mark and then I seem to self-sabotage and I can't ever get beyond that. And oh yeah, and then I get this horrible bout of IBS, you know, inflammatory bowel syndrome. I'm like, wow, that sounds horrible. Maybe we should get rid of that. She's like, oh yeah, that'd be great. I'm like, okay. So we we did um, an RTT session, and what came up in the regression was um, she was afraid. She had a deep fear of being too powerful because she thought she would abuse the power. Really. And so her body literally would, would shut down. And so um, I, we created her custom recording. She started listening to it every day. And on day 22, she emailed me and she said, yesterday was day 21. I've been listening to my recording every day. Today I had my biggest client meeting ever and my body is completely on board. The fear response is gone and my IBS is complete. That is awesome. I was like, wow, that's really powerful, right? And then I reached out to her like a month later to get a testimonial. She's like, what, what did we talk about? Can you remind me? Like <laughs> it had literally left her, her psyche because it, it just left, right? Mm -hmm. She's just like, oh, I can be that powerful. There's nothing bad going to happen because I trust myself, right? So it's, it's really cool how um, powerful our minds are and – when we realize that we can take back our control, right? Cause mm -hmm. we've, our fears are essentially just trying to protect us, right? It's, it's that fight or flight mechanism, right? It's right. your amygdala and your amygdala is, is just there to keep you safe. I like to call her Amy. Amy's your amygdala, right? She's a little lizard lady who lives in your head. Hey, Amy. 
Amy. Yep. And Amy's that's her sole purpose is to keep you alive and on the planet. Uh-huh. And so sometimes Amy gets a not so great, right? And she wants to protect you, but in ways that actually harm you. But she doesn't know that. And so you just have to like retrain Amy. Like, Amy, I got I got a better job for you. You're like, oh, okay. <laughs> as long as she has a job, she's happy. <laughs> We'll be right back with that interview with Michelle, but now it's time for Fun Facts. Fun Facts is where I share facts about humor, laughter, sometimes the absurd, but this week, since we're talking about the brain, I thought I would share a brain fact, and this comes from Healthline.com, and it's about dreams. Dreams are believed to be a combination of imagination, psychological factors, and neurological factors. They prove that your brain is working even when you're sleeping. Uh, Sometimes when I go to bed, I'll be thinking about a problem, and then when I wake up, it manifests. There's the answer right there. If you got a fun fact that you'd like to share, shoot me an email. I would love to share it on the show. You can reach me at chip at unconventionalleader.com. Now, let's get back to Michelle. <laughs> now, let me ask you this. All right. Nolan, I, I understand everybody's an individual. You know, everybody has their own specific memories in their past that might, you know, uh, factor into uh, their. Um, the stunting of their growth. However, in your work, are there any common themes that people, because of what I heard you say with like that person, she had a fear of success. Uh, you know, is that a common theme or fear of failure? Are there some common themes that really that people, that a lot of people deal with? Yes, there are common themes. And, it, you know, I, I, I call myself an executive confidence coach right? Because a lot of people have issues around their confidence, Mm -hmm. um, which impacts their success. So it can be a fear of success or a fear of failure, but that's really just the surface level chip, Mm -hmm. (laughs) right? If you go down to the base level, a couple levels down, what's really the common thread is people feeling that they're not enough or that they're different or something's not available to them. Love's not available to me. Success is not available to me. I'm different. I don't fit in. I'm not good enough. I'm not smart enough. I'm not something enough. And it usually boils down to one of those three underneath all the other layers. And what's amazing is probably that they see themselves so much different than other people see them, that the other people might not see that whole facet of themselves where they're thinking that they're not enough of something, but somebody else might say like, no, they got it all going on. They got everything. They, they, they got it. I wish I had all that. Yep. Yep. No, it's, it's fascinating. I've worked with some amazing, brilliant, talented people who are, very, very successful, you know, built multi-million dollar companies before they were 30, but still had that deeply ingrained limiting belief that they weren't good enough, that um, they couldn't love or accept themselves because of the the training that they got as a kid, right? right? The beliefs that were implanted in them as a kid by adults in their world, right? And so it's, and sometimes those repetitive thoughts or those repet- repetitive messages that we get as a kid, they're over and over. Oh, you're crap. You're, you're this, you're that, you're no good, whatever that might be. But it also can be very benign things that someone said in passing to you. But as a three-year-old or a five-year-old, you heard it and it stuck. And you made a decision about yourself because of that comment Right. That then becomes the driver for the rest of your life. And you don't even know it because you're only five or whatever age, right? Yeah, that's amazing. Because what's funny, as a parent, I have four kids, all right? And so they don't come with instruction manuals. So, you know, <laughs> and you realize when you got kids, you know, like we're all just trying to figure out as we go along. And that, you know, thinking back on like their their lives, it's like, you know, did I do this right? Did I say this right? And hopefully I didn't implant too many of those bad seeds in their psyche where, you know, it, those things are holding them back. Well, the thing to remember, Chip, and I say this to all the parents out there, is that you have to trust that you're doing the very best that you know how to do at any given moment because right. no, you didn't get an instruction manual and you're kind of making it up as you go. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Right. So the best that you can do is to be 
mindful of your impact, to think about what is that positive impact that you want to create for your children and do your best to do that in each and every day. And that, that sometimes that works and sometimes it doesn't work. And so having self-love and, and forgiveness as well is important because we all have bad days, right? Something happens and that, you know, that last straw gets broken and you're like, bah! right? And so um, just, you know, being more mindful. And, and so that comes back to, you know, taking time to know yourself, right? Mm. To understand what your buttons are, what works for you, what doesn't work for you. What are your core values, the things that drive you and move you through the world each day? Because when you're more familiar with that, then it's much, much easier to make more conscious decisions about the, the words and the deeds and the actions that you, you do and say around your children and around other people in general. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. It's kind of funny with my four kids. I, one day I, I posted on Facebook, you know, the first pancake never turns out the best. And my eldest daughter posted back that better not be about me. <laughs> and I was like, it's not, it's not, it is not about you at all. Not about you at all. It's just really just was, about the pancake. Darling. I was making pancakes and it didn't turn out good. It was not about you, my love. Not at all. Um, now, I, so, you know, I like the whole, uh, recording thing that you do with people for the 21 days to help them kind of like create some new pathways in their brain. What are some other positive interventions people can do to build their overall confidence? Well, it's the first step is starting to notice what is the conversation you're having in your head with yourself. Mm -hmm. If you're telling yourself, Oh, I can't do this. I'm not confident or who am I or apologizing for everything that you do. It's like, Okay, is that really serving me? Mm, no. Okay, what can you tell yourself instead? Well, I am confident. I can do this. I'm capable. I can figure it out. I might not know right now, but I can figure it out. You know, there's always our friend Google. <laughs> right? <laughs> the, the Google, yes. The, the Google. Yeah, so being mindful of your own words that you're saying in your own head. It's amazing to me, like I, I think about my own internal dialogue sometimes and how negative it is. I mean, I will say stuff to myself that I wouldn't say to my worst enemy, you know, and, you know, just, and you'll replay that stuff in your head. And I have to catch myself sometimes and just, you know, almost like do a mental internal smackdown. It's like, you know, yeah. what, hey, what are you doing there? I mean, no, Pause, reboot. To, yeah, you need to, you know, like shift this a little bit. I mean, I tell people that all the time, but then it, still for myself, I find myself doing the same thing. Well, here, here's a little exercise to help with that, Chip, right? Um, I, I like to think of it as, are you above the line or below the line? So if you think of a, an iceberg, right? There's this, the part of the iceberg you see above the water line, and then there's the part of the iceberg that's below the water line. And below the water line are, are those negative feelings, um, whether it's boredom, frustrated, depressed, angry, suicidal, right? Mm -hmm. All the way down to the bottom or above the line, which is I'm mildly content. I'm happy. I'm joyful. I'm blissful. I'm just, I'm just love, right? Mm -hmm. And so you get to notice at any point during the day, where are my emotions? Are my emotions above the line in a positive space or are they below the line in a negative space? And I've had clients do this and they'll report back, oh my gosh, my thoughts are like 95% below the line. I'm like, mm -hmm. okay, great to notice that. Now what do you want to do with it? Right. right? What do you want to shift so that you feel more empowered versus disempowered? Because all of those negative beliefs disempower you. Right. right? Now I can geek out on the science of this all day, every day, Chip, right? So if you if you look at your body, right, it's 65% made of water, right? right? And so there's these cool um, experiments that were done um, by a Japanese scientist and the book he wrote is called The Hidden Messages in Water, yeah. right? And essentially he took um, positive words and put them on water and then he took negative words and put them on water and then he mm -hmm. froze the water and looked at them, the crystals under microscopes. And then the negative words and the negative intentions that were put on these on this water formed really ugly 
um, grotesque um, water crystals versus mm -hmm. the ones that had positive intentions of love and peace and joy were these beautiful, beautiful snowflake structures. Right. right? So when you come back to what are the words that you're telling yourself, you're literally creating negative soup that your body is swimming in. All the 50 trillion cells that are in your body are swimming in this negative soup, or it can be swimming in positive soup. Right. So what do you want your body to be made up of? And then you can, you know, extrapolate from that the positive or the negative implications that has on your health and your well-being. Now you're ready for me to blow your minds. Are you ready? Yeah. All right. So I'm familiar with that study. And the reason is, is because my mom, who's 82, she teaches healing touch and she teaches high, uh, Tai Chi. She's, you know, always been, you know, she, you know, as a nurse, she, you know, belonged to the Holistic Nurse Association. She, this woman, writes positive words and puts them underneath the water that she keeps in her refrigerator. Nice. Just for that reason that, you know, mm -hmm. you know, and, and, at 81, she was having some ankle problems. So she went and got a tattoo on her ankle. You know, like, a, you know, it was, it says, you know, um, you know, it has a healing word on there, you know, the, to help in the healing of her ankle. Yeah. Nice. I love it. I love <laughs> my it. Mom, yeah. My dad, my, now, if my, dad if my dad was still alive, he would have shit headless baby knowing that my mom wouldn't get a tattoo <laughs> on her ankle. But she was like, hey. I can do what I want to do. I'm a free That's woman. That's right. I'm so. 82 and get a tattoo if I want. Boom. Right <laughs> so when you were talking about that, I was just like, yeah, there you go. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I like that, you know, the whole, you know, looking at it from that, that aspect and being intentional of thinking about what your thoughts are. Because it seems to me that a lot of times we kind of pre we predispose ourselves to like certain outcomes or certain you know, situations because we think about it in a certain way. But if we think about our thinking and, you know, realize that maybe we're setting ourselves up um, in a wrong way or a wrong attitude, I mean, that's would seem to be half the battle. Yep. Absolutely. You have to be able to catch yourself in those negative thought loops because those negative thought loops will take you down the rabbit hole faster than fast. Right. But knowing that, your brain is super powerful. As fast as you can take yourself down the rabbit hole, you can take yourself up as well, right? You can play the what if up game, right? You can start with, oh, well, what if this happens and then that bad thing's gonna happen and then you, you can see how you can go down the rabbit hole, right? Right, absolutely. This catastrophic thought leads to that next one that leads to that next one. But you can flip it and go, well, what if that turns out really well? And then, what if then I get that job that I really wanted and then I get that promotion that I wanted and then I am able to buy that new house that I wanted and then I may, you know, so you can what if up yourself into a much more positive space. Right. And then that when you get above the line, you raise your emotions to above the line to those positive feeling emotions. Mm -hmm. there's, there's more science behind it, Chip, right? emotions generate different frequencies, different energy frequencies, right? So the more positive your thoughts are, the higher your energetic frequency becomes. It's just mm -hmm. science, right? And so then the law of attraction kicks in, like attracts like. So when you're vibrating at a higher frequency, then you attract more things at that higher frequency and you attract those to you. Yeah, and absolutely. the converse is true as, as negative thoughts and they're lower frequencies. So it's like if you, you stub your toe, bash your toe on the bed first thing in the morning, it's really easy to have the rest of your day spiral downward. Right. right? Or conversely, it's, you get a piece of great news and then the rest of your day just keeps getting better and better and better. Absolutely. That's very akin to like, you know, say like in my own business, like if, um, I'm always amazed sometimes like I will market in a certain area and I will get absolutely nothing from the area that I'm marketing in, but something else comes from someplace I wasn't marketing in and that you know, I always maintain that uh, nothing always nets nothing, but something will net something that I might, you know, because of the energy that I'm putting into it, you know what I mean? Yeah. That, you know, because I'm putting a little bit of energy in, you know, it might not, I might not get something from where I'm, you know, I'm really putting my efforts and, you know, sometimes I do, but you know, because I'm putting that energy into it, I think it like draws a little bit more into, you know, my overall efforts. 
yep, more, res- more, re- more results into my efforts. And I think the same thing re- you know, would ring true in, you know, your relationships, you know, that, you know, if you're not, you know, if you're not doing anything, you're not going to get anything back, but you got to put something in. Yeah. Yeah. I, years and years ago when I was first learning how to mountain bike ride, my, my buddy Fletcher, who was teaching me, he's like, so you're going down the, the single track path. And if you look at the rock, you're going to hit the rock. So don't look at the rock. And yes, that's very true. I would like, don't hit the tree. Don't hit the tree. Boom. Oh crap. I hit the tree. Oh, that's right. pretty. Right. And, and so the same holds true for anything, right? What, is expected tends to be realized. So if you're looking for the good in something, you will see more of the good. If you're looking for the bad in something, you're going to find more of the bad. There's this part of your brain called your mirror neurons, and they essentially help you sense the emotions of others around you, right? And so if you're looking for the bad in something, you're going to find more of that. And so like if you walk into a conference room and you can feel the energy in the room, right? People Mm -hmm. are in a really good mood or Mm -hmm. in a really bad mood. And so the person with the biggest energy wins. And that big energy could be negative energy or could be positive energy, Mm -hmm. right? So as a leader, it's important to remember that your energy has a very important impact. So be mindful of how you want to wield your energy. Oh, it absolutely does. I, I would share that with uh, my supervisors that, you know, the people that report to me all the time that, you know, their attitude dictates the performance of the rest of the team. That is just a fact that, you know, if they came in, you know, they came in, you know, that they had to, regardless of what was going on at home, they had to make sure that they were you know, on point for their people because, you know, it impacted how everything else was going to go, you know, you know, every evolution that we were going to have. So I'm glad that you brought that out because that's a great point for people to think about. Yeah, yeah, it's uh, it's a it's a subtle uh, ninja trick, if you will. But when you, <laughs> when you can, you know, become more aware and, and amplify your own emotional intelligence, mm-hmm. then you can wield your impact more effectively, which then has a positive or a negative ripple effect across your organization. Yeah. Well, and just in regular life too, sometimes we, we don't think about the overall impact we have on other people that, you know, whatever we do has, has a little bit of a ripple effect on, you know, the, uh, the people around us. We might not think about it because we're so wrapped up in our, in our own selves, but it certainly does have an impact uh, on all those people. Oh, absolutely. It always has an impact, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, our, our intentions, our energy that we put out into the world um, touch people and we don't even realize it, right? So the more you become aware of your own emotions, your own energy, um, the more positively you can direct that. I It took me a long time to realize that I'm, I'm really empathic. I'm very sensitive to other people's energy and emotions, right? Mm -hmm. Growing up as a kid, I got made fun of, oh, you're so sensitive, stop crying, right? And then (laughs) once I became a coach, I realized, oh, that's that's actually a gift. That's a tool that I have in my toolbox. Right. It allows me, literally, I can I can feel people's feelings through the phone. No matter where they are on the planet, I can Mm -hmm. just pick up on stuff. Mm -hmm. Um, And so you know, we all have that ability. It's just about tuning into it, right? Yeah, so absolutely. As, as a leader, you can use that to tune into the folks that are working with you or for you and picking up on those subtle cues about um, what's working and what's not working for them today. You know, gosh, um, Tom, I'm noticing you seem to be a little off today. Is, is everything okay, mm-hmm. right? And just those little those little moments of compassion can help shift someone's day in a good way. Like, Oh, someone sees me, someone cares, someone notices and, and that I make a difference. Um, And so those things are all very, very important. Well, that's true. And you know, what's funny in that, and today in the, uh, you look anywhere online on, you know, Forbes or LinkedIn. I mean, that's what everybody's talking about, you know, is, you know, engagement and productivity. I mean, a lot of it comes down to is just, you know, as a leader, you know, 
doing what you just said, showing that you actually care about the people that are around you. I mean, you know, people want to know that coming to work is more than just getting a paycheck that, you know, what they do actually provides value that they matter as a human being. I mean, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, that to me is like the core of what's missing. And you can do all the, the engagement surveys that you want, but a lot of it comes down just to the care and feeding of our people and being present with the people that are around us. Yeah. Yeah. And it's funny. I'm actually giving a talk um, later this week on uh, mastering the art of communication and four mm-hmm. keys to employee engagement. And, you know, 78% of employees cited that recognition is really the main motivating factor in their career. People just want to be seen and heard and, and feel appreciated for the contributions that they make. And when you can feed someone's soul that way, they'll be loyal, they'll be hardworking, they'll be productive. But it's when those things aren't there that disengagement happens and that fuels a lack of trust. It fuels a lack of um, energy. People, you know, you get passive aggressive behavior and complaining and sick days and all sorts of other things. So a little bit of effort on the part of a leader can make all the difference in how your team shows up and the productivity um, and, and then the, um, the rewards that that creates, you know, for an entire organization. Absolutely. Well, I tell you what, Michelle, I mean, it has been like such a sheer joy to talk to you uh, on the podcast. I mean, oh, thank you. It, I mean, honestly, I mean, so smart, so much great information. Um, you know, if we were to go, we could probably talk an hour and a half cause I mean, I'm really, <laughs> Yeah, I can talk about this stuff all day. I, 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 I try to keep it within like a regular work, you know, the, the time frame within like what people would normally do at the gym. That's, you know, I usually spend yeah, about an hour on the elliptical or so. So it's like, well, I try to keep it within that time frame because uh, I don't like to carry over to the next day because I won't listen to the rest. Um, anyway, um, so been a sheer joy. Um, if after today people want to connect with you, want to find out a little bit more, I mean, where do you want them to go to connect with you and get more information? Sure. Um, you can always visit my website, um, Nectar Consulting, N-E-C-T-A-R Consulting, you know, like honey to a bee, Nectar kind of thing. Um, and I'm happy to have a complimentary discovery call with anyone who's curious about um, the work that I do and how it might serve them. You can book that, book on my calendar directly from my website. Um, I would also encourage everybody to go to the brain candy section on my website. It's chock full of free resources, articles um, that I've written, podcasts that I've been on. Um, and I've got uh, two ebooks up there, um, saying no with grace and grit and, um, uh, discovering, uh, your power and presence. And both of those come with a guided hypnosis recording that goes with it. So you can read the ebook and listen to the, 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 uh, recording for 21 days and see what amazing shifts happen for you. And um, you can also check out my, my new book that came out called Breakthrough Healing. Um, it talks about several different modalities, healing modalities to help you move forward. Um, rapid transformational therapy is one of them. Now, so, is, that, is that book on the website or they have to go to Amazon to get that? Yes, you can get it both on Amazon and, <laughs> You're like, and Yes, on the you can website. get it both places. All right, yeah. beautiful, beautiful. I just want to make sure, and then we'll make sure that you know we put the the link to that um, on Amazon in the show notes, so people can you know get it direct if they want to get it direct. Because you know I, you know like for me, you know like I thought our conversation was so fascinating. I want to know more, so it's like yeah, I want to get that. So um, I appreciate you sharing that. Now, if we were really at a bar drinking, you and you and me, and uh, I would give you some kind of drunk dare, but since we're not, I'm just going to ask you a few <laughs> random questions from my overstuffed Would You Rather book. Are okay. you game, Michelle? I'm Let's totally go. game. Let me say it in French. Molitor. I can't say it in French. Molitor. 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 All right. First question of three, my friend. First question. Would you rather eat a sandwich bag full of lawn clippings or eat one live earthworm? Um, That's an interesting one. Um. <laughs> 
I because I'm I'm like salad a lot. I'm kind of a rabbit. I'd have to go with the grass clippings. Okay, all right, that's fair. <laughs> Slimy things, not my thing. That's no. fair. You know, a, a little you know a little dressing on there might be really good. All right, so go. next question. Oh, oh my god, and I will apologize in advance. Where I open the book to is where I open the book to. All right, would you rather, as a woman, have a really hairy back or really long curly exposed nose hairs? <laughs> that's that's hilarious um um i detest a hairy back so i'm gonna have to go with the nose hairs because i can always yank those out <laughs> you can you can all right last question would you rather always wear shoes that are a half size too small or always have your underwear creeping up your butt um, I'm going to have to go with underwear because shoes that are too small, that's just no bueno. Yeah. No bueno. I like that. <laughs> well, Hey, thank you so much for spending time with me today. It was so much fun and so much great information. I appreciate your time. Oh, thank you so much, Chip. It's really been a delight for me as well. I love, uh, these conversations and you're awesome. So well, thank you for doing what you do and all your good works in the world. Well, thank you so much. So what'd you think, Michelle Molitor? Freaky awesome, right? So much great information, such a fun conversation. I love conversations like that where it's just fun and I learn a lot. I'm gonna encourage you to go to her website. I'm gonna put it in the show notes as well as the gamut of free stuff that she offered up. Uh, a lot of cool stuff, I some eBooks, some e um, e-learning. Uh, make sure you check her out. I'm also gonna encourage you to go to uh, the AATH website, aath.org. Check us out join lots of cool people in the organization we would love to hear from you if you have a suggestion something you'd like to hear on the show something that you did like maybe a testimonial hey shoot me an email at chip at unconventionalleader.com i'm always happy to hear from listeners so until next time this is chip Lutz saying we'll keep the laugh on for you This is LaughBox, the podcast for laughter and humor professionals. LaughBox is made possible by a grant from the National Speakers Foundation and is brought to you by AATH, the Association for Applied and Therapeutic Humor. Find out more at aath.org. Be sure to review LaughBox on iTunes. For show notes and more information about today's conversation, visit laughbox.aath.org.